one podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering community for salt. This is the Howling Salt Mine. It's the Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. All right, well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Howling Salt Mine podcast, the podcast where we delve into those salty, salty minds of the Magic the Gathering community, find the saltiest stories, the saltiest posts, put them in our mine cart, and bring them right back up to you, our dear prospectors at home. As always, I'm your host, Sam, and I'm joined today by my two co-hosts, Mike and Tony. So, hey, guys. What up, what up, what up? Hello. And before we get started, yeah, that's right. I fucking remembered it this time. <laughs> we usually <laughs> edit it in at the end. <laughs> but I remembered this time. We're going to shout out our nice patrons because they yeah. are nice. And this week we got a shout out Cream Bean, Hephaestus yep. Bolts. Yep. Prime Speaker Florian. Yep. Yaf Judge. Yep. And Accidental TPK. Yep. Yep. Nice. Thanks for the support, y'all. Nice. Appreciate it. So nice. So what's new with you guys? What's going on? I started playing Baldur's Gate. Yes, he Tony. did. <laughs> yes, he did. Oh, man. It's really good. So Mike and I are playing with our old roommate. And <laughs> hell yeah. The mistake we've made on every game we've played in the past together is that Mike holds the save file. And so Mike and I will stay up until like 4 a.m. like playing <laughs> random games because Steven is like a you know respectable human being. He's like, I'm going to go to bed. It's midnight and yeah. I work tomorrow. But <laughs> yeah. Mike and I I will stay up until like 4 a.m. and be like, we could keep going. Uh, and Mike eventually will be like, we need to stop. Yeah. And then be like, I'm too tired to record two podcast episodes. <laughs> okay. <and> stop <laughs> it. It's a different kind of energy, you know. But uh, I'll tell you, I, I know what makes me salty now. It's when I think that I have a game downloaded like Baldur's Gate. Yeah. And then oh, I realize no way, Tony. that there is no way you're about to say that makes gigs. you salty. There <laughs> is just no way. There's 60 gigs of download updates to download. And so you can't start playing with your friends. Oh, man. Right. Like you know what? Four hours. You know what makes me salty? <laughs> when I text my friend hours before we're supposed to play and say hey make sure it's downloaded and then guess what happens when we sit no he read it he read it in all fairness i knew that it was downloaded Mm -hmm. it was not the game that was downloading it was Mm -hmm. 60 gigs of updates like i have never played a game in my life that had 60 gigs of updates dude welcome to the modern age of gaming dude you gotta open it up and get those updates I have like one, it must be a 50 foot ethernet cord and it was short by like six inches probably. Like it was just Oof. like not long enough to to get out. I was like, <laughs> it was going across my house, like in order to try and speed up the download. Like Stephanie came around. She was like, what the fuck are you doing? Cause there's like a cord running like from my office up the stair, well, yeah, like dude. in the hallway. Yeah. I'm like adjusting the height of it, trying to like, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> but so I started playing Baldur's Gate and it was super fun after, nice. you know, waiting like four or five hours for this fucking download. What kind of character are you playing? 
uh a barbarian what'd you do like human variant uh, there's no, no i'm an orc you orc orc barbarian okay yeah, so orc. Barbarian, and i have orc. ponytails um buns, and like, like little buns like little like, buns. yeah like pigtails like nice. pigtail buns and a mustache full mustache and like bird tattoos uh, yeah. on my face mm. because i was an entertainer yeah and i like was kind of dumb uh very dumb <laughs> <laughs> so you barely have to role play. Well, I really, I really live in the like. Well, you know, this character would do this. Yes, and like nice. I feel like these types of games are the perfect games for that because they really like, are. You know, it gives you three options, and one of them is clearly the option you're supposed to do. And yeah. then sometimes there's an option that's like, this is stupid, and yeah, it's like usually mistake. my character would pick that. Yeah, one. you gotta pick the stupid option, which is great. <laughs> This is a preview into the future Dungeons and Dragons content that we might be making, <laughs> yes. uh, which makes me not want to make it. Actually. No, no, it's so no it'll be good. You seem no like worries. a terrible player in a campaign. I would be no. the best. I always am literally like this. I am true I'm a to my thief. Character. I'm supposed to steal from my teammates. No, I'm a he's thief. not. That. This is what I would do. No, that's Mike in this. <laughs> that he is literally me. stole oh, from the guy. I literally guys. stole down. from Tony, and he, he's finding out right now. <laughs> <laughs> I stole uh, his potions and his res scroll right out the gate after he, he hit did. me. Oh my god! <laughs> well, so I feel like that's the other thing. Like Stephen and I definitely always bop each other, and Stephen's like a really weak wizard right now. So like he hits me and nothing happens, and then I turn around and I hit him and he dies. <laughs> like one shot, like crit, just dead. And we have to keep loading saves. Like it's yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> it, it it plays You're very different. <laughs> And yet very similar to Divinity for those who have played that game. Yeah, it's very comparable. In particular in that, like, the way we would play in Divinity is, like, you couldn't share items. So, like, I would have an item that I couldn't use, but I'd be like, no, I'm not giving it to you. And we'd, like, make each other trade for it. Now, Mike could just steal that shit right out of my bag. <laughs> and I do. <laughs> but also, we would die so many times, and, like, only one of us would have all of the fucking res scrolls. And so yeah. it's like... And the person who died had to be the fair, rest scrolls. The <laughs> rest scrolls and potions I didn't just take out of your inventory. Those I pickpocketed to make a point. So <laughs> that one, that one was fair and square. Oh it was my great God. because the town, the town literally starts accusing me of stealing shit. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And then I realized it's because Mike has been stealing shit from everybody in the town. Yeah, but they don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, oh man, you guys are gremlins. Tony is the kind of D and D player that will walk into a room with three buttons and intricate text spread around the room, and like a couple skill checks you could maybe make to figure out what the buttons do, and he'll just press one instead. <laughs> You're gonna die so fast in our campaign. <laughs> You're gonna have to come strapped with a with a backup character like session zero, dude. <laughs> That's new for me. I did just wipe again in my Pathfinder campaign. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Have you sat down with your DM and been like, what's going on here? Guess what we did last time we wiped? We specifically requested he stop critting us. Uh, and that did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Can't you just balance the combat? Yeah, no, this hey. one, it was a, it was a, it was different skill, DMs of different issue, styles. I'm, I'm not sure. gonna, I'm not gonna poke fun at this person. I don't know. Yeah, uh, you fucking better not, and you do know him. So, <laughs> oh, do I? Is it fucking yeah. Pat? Is no. it Pat? Is it no, Nico? It's not. It's Nico. Oh, Nico, dude. <laughs> and he's an excellent DM. But I, I think I've said this before. He agreed to do this campaign on the sole condition 
that he didn't have to learn anything outside of the book because he's already DMing <laughs> like two campaigns and a player in another one or something. Hey, so. I fucking feel that for sure, man. Spicy. Man, one time I played this D&D one shot and I'm going to put this dude on blast. My friend Alan, not Alan Mental Misplay. <laughs> I was Alan, from Mental Misplay. <laughs> no, different Alan, uh, Alan that I grew up with. And he, he does like semi-professional DMing now as his like full-time job, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's fucking sick. Before he was doing that, he was doing some one shots with us and it was with me, a couple friends, and then my sister and one of our friends, Gina. And my sister had played like a handful of D&D before getting into this. And then, and Gina had played literally none. So both of them were like totally new to it. So we, so we start this campaign and we're like storming a castle, right? Like we start in media res storming a castle. We're like on the drawbridge, like going up to it. And we get in there, we get up to the drawbridge and the gate opens and there's just like four lizard folk warriors. And I'm not the kind of person to backseat DM. I really, really try not to do that because I think it's super annoying, but they're fucking wrecking us. So I looked up one of them <laughs> Just on the side. So it's like, what's going on here? Like, like we're like getting crushed. It's like a one shot and we're an hour in and we're almost at a TPK. And I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> so I look up like the, the monster rating or like the challenge rating. If people are, aren't familiar with D&D, different monsters are like designed to go up against characters and parties at certain sizes and certain levels. And there's a rule system for balancing that. And I look up one of these creatures and I was like, Okay, one of these creatures would be like a challenge for our party. And we're fighting like five of them. And I, I kind of mentioned that offhand. I'm like, these things, like Alan, did you did you see like the CR on these? They seem pretty challenging for a bunch of like level one characters. And then he starts like ad hoc changing them. He's like, Oh, this one that you saw in the back, it's actually really old and feeble. And uh oh, you hit it. I died. Uh, but we still we still got TPK'd. And <laughs> that, that shit is so funny to me. Where they're like, but that's what the monster is. I'm like, yeah, but you picked it, didn't you? You put yeah. it in the game. <laughs> <All> four of them. <laughs> and I don't know how much HP it has. You could just change it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, pro tip to DMs out there. You could just change anything on the fly. Like, people don't know. They don't have your notes, man. You can just fucking change it, dude. It's so easy. Uh, anyways. People will really love all my DM rants when we're uh, starting to produce that D&D content. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of thoughts, man. Well, that's great. Well, you know what else I have a lot of thoughts about? Salty stories. Nice, Sam. Nice. <laughs> but Sam, what's salt? Salt is when you roll up a brand new D&D character and get into a party and you're so stoked for that first mission. And you just get TPK'd by a bunch of elderly, feeble lizard folk. <laughs> <laughs> Salt is when, you know, you have a really cool special item and you don't want to share it with your friends and they pickpocket it right out of your fucking pocket, yeah, man. That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> uh, Salt is also frustration in the game. It is an umbrella term. You know, Salt is when you're playing a pre-con game and someone sits down with something that's way too powerful. People who have disingenuous rule zero conversations People who are kind of mean at the table, maybe too forceful with politics, maybe shutting down table talk and politics altogether. Salt really ranges from the small grains all the way to the full shakers. And we're going to talk about the full spectrum of it so we can learn from it and hopefully not be as salty in a future game. Nice. You guys ready to get into it? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Lay it on me. I'm trying to not become salty in a future game. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> I feel like... Okay, I don't want to get us back in a tangent, but I feel like we got salty the other night. But let's just fucking charge ahead. Did we? Did we? I'm trying to remember. I feel like there's some pretty serious salt. Uh... We were just trying to get no, we killed. We were just talking about Simic being bullshit. We were oh, just trying to yeah. get killed and you refused to do so. <laughs> yeah, Simic's fine. Simic's cool. Simic's you made fine. us wait to die. <laughs> you made me beg to be killed. I was begging to lose that game. We reached a point where Mike was saying like, does it kill me? <laughs> On everything. And then I started saying it too, which is when you know we were, we were yeah. defeated solidly, but we couldn't... <laughs> We just weren't dead yet. <laughs> I was at the the point where there was no further event in the game that was going to matter until I was dead. So that's the only one I was asking about. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't need to know what's that because it doesn't impact the game. <laughs> I just need to know if I'm dead. <laughs> that is a, a sad solo assault when you're just sitting there and like you hear a card and you don't know what it does, but you're just like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you just so you care. don't you don't even want to know what it does anymore. You're like, just do you win yet? Yeah, and that's just a hard me. place to be for everyone at the table. I think. I think when one player checks out so hard during your turn, and you're like, but like, I would love to kill you, but I have to resolve ten cascades <laughs> yeah. before I get there. <laughs> you did not. Let's let's not let's not pitch that as I did. Incorrectly. I think I had to it though. I, in one of the games yeah. I had to. Mm-hmm. The moment when you had enough power on board for everybody to die and you're like, but I do need to resolve more cascades. <laughs> that, that was the best because Tony was like, just kill me already. Stop casting spells. And I was like, would you do that, Tony? And you and you just got real quiet. That is not true. I was like, yes, I would oh, just fucking kill you. Me. Yeah. That's untrue. In the previous game, I actually stopped I was the game about to because say because I was like, this is gonna take too fucking long. Tony wouldn't just kill you, he win. would just concede. Yeah. That's the Tony Garrett move. Yeah, that is very true. You you were about to win and you were like, I concede in shame because i my turns have been too long. Well, I it's just because like I was looking at it and I probably could have won, but I, I literally would have taken me another 20 minutes. Because it was just like a complex board state of bullshit, and I couldn't like copy enough of the right things, <laughs> and so I definitely could have killed Mike, but oh, it just man. would have taken forever. And instead, we got to play another game. So it is true. I really, I'm a thoughtful person. That's yeah, you what this are. All you are. To. You're very thoughtful. Fuck your face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get into it. Let's get into it. <laughs> all right, first post here. This is a confession that was sent to us from Reddit. This one comes to us from our buddy Force of Chill. If you guys see Force of Chill around the subreddits, give him an upvote. You know the drill. Spread that good will. Hell yeah. And this is titled My Salty Confession. And it goes, a casual EDH tournament or how I learned to stop worrying and accept the pub stomp. I play at casual commander nights twice a week. Both shops don't allow infinites and generally lean towards helping new people get into the game. I hate this. I grew up playing Legacy. <laughs> hey i hate it too man i like a good infinite combo you know i grew up playing legacy cut my teeth in the early days of modern and generally want to play at a high level i have a relatively high win rate when i go to shops somewhere around 33 percent and i've definitely heard some salty grumbling after games from people who expected a more easygoing creature ghost smash type game as an aside i mostly play a raumi self mill queen marchesa aikido and some version of a pod deck, like a birthing pod deck. 
Well, a board game bar around the corner started promoting a casual two-headed giant EDH tournament, and I inquired about the rules. They were allowing any power levels, infinites, and expected people to bring their A game. So me and a buddy did. I brought a Tassiger pod deck with a hoarding broodlord sawed in half combo line, as well as your typical <sighs> Thoracle win and a few big bodies to grind a table out if needed, like Coma and Toxril. Yes. And, <laughs> and Force of Chill sends us the list. It is fucking gross. <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> what you would expect. It's nasty. My partner brought Niv Mizzet Curiosity. Nice. We both showed up, and our first game was against Mono Green, Azuri, and Krenko. I turned three'd a Thoracle while they had just lands out. They were very upset, mm -hmm. practically steaming, but kept it together. We went on to win the tournament and split about $100 in prizing. We did not face a single deck built to hang with either of ours. It was a really rough time for everyone. Can an EDH tournament be casual, or were we right to bring out the big guns when money was on the line? I mean, we've talked about this in the past and like, and I'll do it again. Yeah, we, we, Sam and I did no. sort of pub stuff. <laughs> it wasn't even to that, that a million level. Times. It wasn't even at that level, but like, you know, when you do it, you do it. Like, hey, sometimes, <laughs> how it be. sometimes you and your friend both got to put your boots on, help each other tie up the laces yeah. and go and to lay down them. some, yeah. some knowing schmuck who like, <laughs> Walked into a tournament thinking their shit was going to be good, and it wasn't. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Sometimes you got to crush those dreams so that they don't do it again. That's true. Crush them right away. You cannot have a casual tournament with yeah. any kind of prize support. I agree. You can barely have it with zero prize support. Like, yeah. a casual and a tournament are, are somewhat in competition with each other. And as soon as there's prizing, you have to expect that people are going to play to the absolute level of it. And in this case, it's it's honestly kind of weird that the other people weren't. And we've said this before, too. When there is a tournament like this, uh, I do kind of expect that people are going to bring something really strong. And to some people, that means bring their strongest casual deck that they have around. Yeah. And that's not what it's going to mean to a lot of people. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. you have to expect it to not. Because like yeah. Azuri and Krenko are both really strong commanders. If you build them right, they are going to snowball value. But you know what they're not going to do? Win on turn three. <laughs> Demonic consultation. <laughs> Boss's Oracle win on turn three. They're and they're also not going to stop it. They're not going to stop that either unless they have <laughs> yeah, a great yeah. timed pyroblast, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they are not going to stop that shit. So, you know, you guys said it really well. We've talked about this before. We will talk about it again. EDH tournaments cannot be casual. No matter how the format is set up, unless there are really restrictive rules that are like, no infinites, no this, no that with like a mm -hmm. ban list. But even then you're going to build to the ceiling of that ban list and someone yeah. is going to be there to find the loophole with a powerful deck and yeah. push towards that win. And yeah. someone's going to be there to be butthurt that their deck was trash and got stomped yeah. because yes. they didn't build to the ceiling. Yeah, like, yeah it's just how it is. And I think one thing that I want to emphasize on this is this doesn't mean that there shouldn't be good commander events. It just means that like a tournament is not the format for that. If you want to do like an interesting commander event, pick some other thing that's not like a kind of an elimination style tournament where people move forward. Yeah. Be just like round robin -y style stuff where people are playing and getting rewards for different things like people voting on like coolest deck or whatever. Do You can do something that that maybe has like 
super low prizing of like a pack or two if the prizing isn't based on wins and then you yeah you can pay for entry you almost seem like a point system that yeah. like winds up being yep. like maybe a win is a point like mike saying people voting of like what's like the cool deck at the table what's the most yeah. inter- or most interesting card those played or some kind Who's of like yeah. the most fun opponent or yeah. something like who that who played a card you know? that you've never heard of before right. like, oh that's like that would be a cool one yeah I like that people really bring up the jank yeah yeah i just think that owners store owners and event coordinators should think of other ways that are ways to get edh players in a big event that are not a tournament because a tournament's going to be competitive there's just no avoiding it yeah i mean that's that's really hard because like commander is so popular and so much of the events that game stores put on in other magic formats are Mm -hmm. these tournaments so i Mm -hmm. i can like see the logic there as a store to be like hey commander players we know how to run tournaments People love playing Commander. Let's fucking, you know, put our peanut butter and our jelly together and get a tasty sandwich here. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I think you just are going to get someone to show up in Pub Stomp. And like Force of Chill said in the title for this post, how I learned to stop worrying and accept the Pub Stomp. Like, you can't Pub Stomp tournaments like this. You can definitely spike it and crush people mm-hmm. and do very well. Yeah. But I wouldn't categorize any of that as Pub Stomping. Yep. Pub stomping is showing up intending to beat people that are not expecting it, right? And yeah. these these people should be expecting it. You should be beating people that were ready to be beat in this case. I mean, they're supposed to, but not everybody reads the rules. You know? I think a true pub stomper also will do that when there's no stakes. You know what yes. I mean? Right. Yeah, that is the difference. A pub yeah. stomper isn't doing it for prizes. They're doing it to like get a cheap win and feel great about themselves. So like this 100% isn't pub stomping (laughs) real quick aside about two headed giant tournaments or or two headed giant events in general with EDH or just any two headed giant event, really. So I I heard this recently. I think it was on an episode of uh, Quest for the Jank Lord. They did like a two headed giant thing with um, Lua and Tori from Scrybabies. This might have been a while back. But do you guys know how extra turns work in two headed giant? Because they work really, really well. Hey, pro tip for anyone out there who wants to get in a two-headed giant event, have you and your partner make extra turn mm-hmm. decks. Because anytime you get an extra turn, your your partner also is going to take one. So you could basically like double up on extra turn spells. You know what I mean? Is mm-hmm. that how that works? Yes. Well, you just have twice the resources to cast one extra turn spells. Yeah, exactly. It's not like it's not like you get two extra turn spells whenever you resolve. Okay, yeah. I got you. But, yeah. but like if I cast an extra turn. Yeah, then like then, they also then get Tony yeah, yeah, yeah. and I both take a whole nother because we take yeah, turns yeah, yeah. together. So it's like I can cast it on me and you get the benefit of it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I it's you. super, super powerful. And you can very reasonably, if you're both on extra turns, chain that together and just kind of completely outvalue the table. Uh, probably wouldn't do it before turn three, but you can. I, I was literally <laughs> going to be like. That's a great idea until somebody thoughts of the oracles you on turn three. <laughs> uh, yeah. What do we think about the uh, assault rating here on this one? Zero salt for me. Like I said, force of chill. You're absolved of any feelings of salt. I wouldn't even say this is salty confessional. Maybe the salt here is that a game store is putting this stuff on and maybe people are walking into a situation assuming it's this kind of like casual event for fun and they're not going to get spiked in a competitive EDH event, you know, that's probably going to cause some salt for some people in that event, just yeah. not knowing what they're coming into. But yeah. as far as what Force of Chill did here, 
and dealing with that totally fine in my book yeah I was going to say the salt in this story is definitely the other people. It doesn't feel good to make other people upset for a lot of us. Some people get off on that, but that's a bad issue. <laughs> okay, shit. Never mind. I guess I can't count Tony in this. No, you can't. Um, <laughs> but there's definitely salt there. It doesn't feel good to make other people upset and it doesn't feel good to get stomped by a deck that's better than yours but mm. it's a salty circumstance no individual i would say is at fault for the salt yeah i think it's just that nobody's really cracked the code on how to do large event edh play like so much of it wants to have like an incentive to draw people in but it just doesn't we don't know how to do that yet like nobody's done it well like a tournament does not work for casual like it's exactly that it's casual yeah. like you're not so it's either all the way balls to the wall or not and so nobody's really figured out what that secret sauce is to just like how do you plan an event like that that is more than just a group of people playing casual edh yeah yeah i think you can either just have like people playing casual like we've talked about point systems raffles but no stakes and, and the prizing comes elsewhere or you're playing a CDH tournament. And that's like, <laughs> those are like the two ends, you know, unless yeah. you're really limiting it with a shit ton of rules and a weird ban list and all that kind of stuff, which is just going to suck in other ways. And that's still not going to limit it. Yeah. There's still going to be someone that's able to win on like turn four. Yeah. yeah. No matter what you try and shove into the, the rule set of the format. Give yeah. everyone the exact same pre-con. <laughs> well in actuality like playing with pre-cons is the closest thing i feel like we've found to events that yeah. are you know somewhat even but it, you couldn't run a tournament like that that would be an odd so yeah and you'd have like three hour games yeah <laughs> when everyone's trying to work towards their turn 14 win yeah, yeah. <laughs> well should we hit another one another one Let's do it, guys. So this next one comes to us from our Gmails, a little Gmail submission here. Ooh, baby. And this story is titled Mind Blank, and it comes to us from Samwise Spam G. Nice. And the story goes, Hello, other Sam and other leaders of the Salty Empire, as I have dubbed it. The Salt Krusty Three. Oh, that's us. We're the Krusty Three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a newer listener and have binged your entire series in two weeks thanks to working night shifts. Damn, dude. My story is not long, nor was it from gameplay, but my story is one of forgetfulness. Mm. A couple weeks ago, I was visiting some friends who live about an hour away from me. That morning, before I got a few hours of shut-eye, I packed all of my things into my bag in order to be ready to leave and get there on time. This includes my three brand new, never played other than by goldfishing, EDH decks, my brand new playmat, my freshly sorted tokens, my dice, etc. I was extremely excited to get to play with my new things and brought the bag down and put it on a chair while I tied my shoes. That's the last I saw of them that mm. night. Meanwhile, I'm in the other city where my friends live and quickly running some errands. Finally, I finished all my errands and head off to my friend's place only to realize as I'm driving that my bag is not in the car. Now, I tend not to get mad very often. I get easily annoyed, but rarely mad. I'm glad no one was in the car with me because I was fuming with anger. Too far away to go get my stuff in a timely manner. I take the comfort I can in the fact that I at least had just picked up my Doctor Who pre-cons, so I at least had something to play with. It wasn't the night I had wanted or even the game experience I was wanting, but at least I got to still play some magic with my own stuff. Love the show. You were all incredible at it. Keep up the good work. 
your self-imposed number four fan. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. You're going to have to fucking bare knuckle box prime speaker Florian for, for, for those accolades. <laughs> for four? Did did Florian have a, a hold on fourth? I don't know. I feel like 30th is the most coveted, but 30th? Mm. Yeah. 30%, baby. Oh, that, that could be. Yeah. Mm. Dude, I hate it when that shit happens. Yeah. This is a very different kind of salt that we've talked about before. Mm, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Something like this actually happened to me recently. Um, so every once in a while, we've talked about it on the show before, but every once in a while, we'll get together with like some other creators in New England, some other friends that we've got in the area, shoot over to this awesome LGS that we all love that's pretty central to us called TJ's Cafe and just like camp there all day and play games. So it was maybe like three or four weeks ago, Nick and I went and Alan went and our friend Useless Knowledge, John came up from Jersey and uh, Stephen the Generous and a bunch of those guys came up from Connecticut. It was just like a really dope time. So, you know, we just started this like budget building thing and I was really, really stoked about some of my budget decks. So I pretty much only brought budget decks and CDH decks and the amount of casual games we played where my budget decks just weren't really a good fit R- really made me regret not bringing like my high yeah. power cash shit. Yeah. Like, there were so many times where I was like, man, I just wish I had Roger Arden, you know, mm-hmm. and there's just like nothing worse than feeling like you have the perfect set of decks and then you get there and you don't have it or, or you fucking forget your play mat or you forget like your dice or something. And it's just like, I don't know, that kind of stuff throws me off a lot. It's almost like the fickle nature of magic players as a whole though, because like, we all tinker. We all have many decks and you yeah. can only bring so many anytime you go anywhere. And every time I go somewhere, I'm like, oh, I wish I had my other deck now. Because when yes. I sat down and put decks in my bag, I was a different human being than <laughs> the one that's sitting down to play with you now. Because yeah. <laughs> at the time I was feeling nice or generous. And now I just want to fucking slap cheeks and like you know it's just different it's different vibes at different times and there's a wide range so like sometimes shit happens you know well that was the thing was like this crew from connecticut you know they came up and they came to fuck man like they had some fucking (laughs) dope decks and like some super (laughs) strong decks yeah and you know i had my casual i'd like my 50 dollar decks and granted that was the day that i found out that the deck that Mike built me for Hell Secret yeah. Santa, the, uh, <laughs> which I call Gigantic Librarian, which is uh, Raised by Giants and Vol Candlekeep Sage. Mm-hmm. Is yep. it Candlekeep Sage? Researcher? Candlekeep, Candlekeep Researcher. Researcher. Vol Candlekeep Researcher. It's a Simic $50 gross combo deck. And that was the day that I, the day I found Simic. out that deck could All hang. Simic. That deck could fucking hang, man. <laughs> We, we had like a near CDH pod, not quite CDH, but like really high power. There's like one fringe CDH deck in there, um, like a Seton Druid deck. And then Steve was on like a pirate deck that was like, you know, Malcolm Breaches with the pirate mm-hmm. combos, really good fast mana, all the good counter spells, but had some like janky pirates in there. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the last deck was like an Alila deck that didn't really get a chance to pop off. But, but like I won that game with the $50 deck. So, you know, I'm I'm getting lost in the sauce here. But those guys just had these crazy decks and I I didn't really have something that could hang. And man, I just I missed my decks. I was able to borrow an Atali deck from Allen, which was a shit ton of fun to play. It was a fucking wild brew from him. Mm-hmm. And I played a bunch of games with that deck that day. But man, you just miss your shit, you know? 
There's yeah. something so painful to the worst part of about this one is having three that you just built and have never played, you know, and mm. dude, that's yes. just brutal. So, you know, I like the and comment just at least pre con, right? right? Like, yeah. yeah. And then it's like, it's not even mine. It's like, it's just this thing I bought. Yeah, it's and I'm this thing play. I bought. I, I do own it at least. It is my yeah. cards, but it is sure. painful. Like and it's a doctor who to go from so something like you lame. tinkered carefully with to yeah to this lame pile <laughs> of telephone booths. <laughs> no, we're kidding. Are we? <laughs> I'm kidding enough to make the joke, but hopefully not alienate people who are really diehard into Doctor. Who. I think we're all self-aware enough to know that if we like actually watched a bunch of Doctor Who, we'd probably enjoy it a great deal. Oh, yeah. But none of us have invested the time. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I can't open myself up to a show that big, man. I just can't allow it. I'll I'll get lost. How many episodes into One Piece are you? (laughs) Uh, I mean, I read the entire manga, so I don't even need to watch the show. Talk about something too big. I've evolved beyond the need for the show. (laughs) This is to go even further beyond. (laughs) Yeah. Insert screaming for 10 minutes there. (laughs) And this, what's he doing, is to go even further beyond. So for you guys, what's your like go to? Like when you're going to a game night, what are you throwing in your bag? The new thing that I built. With who? With randos or with y'all or both any situation like at a place where like there's gonna be a bunch of different pods and i'm just gonna like exactly like you want variety what what are you bringing what are you jamming how many can we have i'm asking you how many do you bring i guess it depends so immediately the first one that comes to mind is my rafine deck because i like playing it Mm -hmm. i think we've talked a little bit about this in the past but for me it's like whatever my most recent builds are and i usually don't build that that frequently i basically will build a new deck once i get bored but like it's whatever my most recent stuff is and like Zyrus because Zyrus is just like uh, I can make things yeah. go fast and it can kind of hang at like most things because I find that for the way it works, it's very group huggy. And like if there's three other really powerful decks, like generally they'll let me do what I'm doing because I'm just letting people draw cards and like they'll deal with each other's. And so it can like hang and it doesn't get like left in the dust. And if all the decks are like weaker, like that's OK, too, because it's like boosting them all up and like let it it just like makes yeah. crazy shit happen mm-hmm. like hangs in any pod that's what well. makes it feel like it's winning even when i'm not in that deck like that's how that deck wins to me it's not like it's not trying to win like i do try to win but like seeing other decks do crazy shit just makes it fun mm-hmm. uh so it's like chaos in a fun way i think when that deck is there so i feel like i always think to like bring that one along with mm-hmm. whatever like new brews i have uh and i bring an obligatory cdh deck because i don't want to get left behind do you though <laughs> <laughs> don't want to get left behind that's weird yeah but which one are you playing though? You're playing the same one I've clapped your cheeks with a couple times. So <laughs> and man, you're so clapping what... a lot of cheeks this up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is some big clapping. Slapping and clapping cheeks. Slapping and clapping, baby. <laughs> slapping and clapping. <laughs> Double fapping, you know. Oh. That's not is that, how, is that what it does. says on the back of it? That's not what Zatalpa does. <laughs> Double fapping, slapping, clapping, double fapping, double fapping. It's a different, it's a different elder dinosaur. (laughs) What are you bringing? I'm definitely bringing a couple CDH decks. And then I usually bring aura because I'm always hoping that people are going to want to play a high enough 
power casual deck that I feel comfortable playing it, but yep. it often is like pretty weird uh, relative to other things in a power level because it's combo-y and it's like really doing its own thing, kind of solitaire style. So mm, mm, yeah, the other things I bring are generally like a low power beats deck. And I just have a few different option of those. So I'm usually bringing low power beats, high power combo, and then a CDH deck. And then some duplication of some of those sometimes, I feel like. I have to add one that I'm not proud of, but now I feel like I want to bring a bling deck when I come. Because Ooh, when in I... particular, at like... Uh... When you come? <laughs> no, when I... Oh my when God. You, come. <laughs> you guys suck. We're already here. We're already in the gross space. Let's just let's just get it all let's out. Let's just live in it. Let's just get it all out now. Uh, but no, it's because like I feel like going to cons... Mike instigated that too, by the way. He did. Oh, I, I saw know. him I'm trying to move past it. I saw him mouth the word. <laughs> yeah. But uh I feel like this happened because of going to cons because everybody somebody always has cool shit and you're like, yeah. man. I want to have cool shit too. I and so like, this is my cool shit deck. And for me right now, that's like definitely my uh, Lord of the Rings deck. Cause it's just got borderless, everything that I can fucking find. It's, bling, it's not baby. even that blinged, right? It, Isn't that what you were saying forever? <laughs> and now you're openly admitting well, because it's not, but now it's like, <laughs> well, because I've added more to it. I've added yeah. a bunch of shit that is just Did like, you put that soul ring in there. Yet? Did you put your $5,000 soul ring into it. <laughs> no, but I think I'm gonna do it. I'm oh, sorry. It's uh not five thousand. It's like do what it? forty no, forty two thousand. So it's PSA gotta be like five eight. cents. Yeah. Yeah. Do it so 4, I can spill my drink on your deck when you're playing it. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I'm very confined to the quiver. Like I love the quiver, so that's what I bring, and that can hold mm-hmm. six decks right now. So typically, I'm doing four cash decks, two CDH, and I try to do like one high power. Like Roger Arden is pretty classic. My Togo Kesket Rocks deck is like a tick below that. It doesn't really have combo wins, but it like dirtles. But it has huge synergy wins. Yeah, it's big synergy wins. And then lately I've been bringing Gyruda because because of like the clone nature of it, it does sort of adjust to like the power level of the pod sometimes. What Sam is saying is he brings that so that if he sees someone playing a clones deck, he can (laughs) abuse it and go off with Gyruda. I, I am kind of changing my tune on that because <laughs> the problem with facing a, an opposing clone deck with that deck is that they also make a Gyruda at some point. And then I'm <laughs> like, shit, well, now you have one and I have clones in my deck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that that could be a that could be dangerous. And then usually it's like, you know, something budget that I'm tinkering with. Like I try to bring a couple low power things. That's like the spread that I like. But this last time I just brought way too many budget decks and didn't bring that high power deck. Something that I have really been enjoying, though, I kind of mentioned it before, is borrowing decks from people. Mm-hmm. I love to borrow a deck and play someone else's deck. Yeah. Like when we were at Sealed last year, I got to play Sisse a whole bunch and borrowed that from Mike. Like truthfully, I'd love to play Selvala. I think it would be really, really fun just because I've played against it so much. Mm-hmm. My Selvala? Mike... Yeah, yeah, your Selvala. I dude. would never let you touch Bay. <laughs> <laughs> you you dunk on her way too much. Well, keep in mind I gave you those cards, so mm. you didn't give them to me. I bought them mm. <laughs> from me. <laughs> mm. I brought you into this world that could take you out. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I, I really do love borrowing decks. And I think that kind of connects back to this post and my advice to Samwise, as much as it sucks to not have your brand new decks, you don't in your play mat, you don't have all your shit, you can always borrow a friend's deck. And some of the best games of Magic I've played are when we have a full pot of people and we're all playing decks built by the same person mm-hmm. because there's just like mm. a balance there in the deck building where they play against each other really, really well. And often people are super stoked to have you play their decks because they want you to like see how cool it is firsthand. Yeah. But it's also so fun to play them usually because like there's this element of it takes the pressure off. Yeah. Like there's no pressure on you to like, have the deck perform. I feel like there's always this like subtle pressure when you're playing of like, oh, I mean, it's like other things in life. You're like, I'm not performing. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. This doesn't usually happen. But like, hey. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but uh, TMI, Tony. God damn. I'm, I'm not saying I have that problem. I'm just saying like people have that I'm problem. sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry that's going on in your life. <laughs> I hope things uh, get better. This somehow just backfired on me. And that so brings much. us to our sponsor, uh, Hymns for <laughs> ED issues. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hashtag sponsor. <laughs> oh, man. Man, think about we're so in the gutter this, this episode, guys. We yeah. got to fucking pull up. We got to pull up. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I feel you like it, there there really isn't because you're just like someone handed me this deck. I'm just going to jam literally. And there's like mystery to it because you don't know what's coming. Like, I don't I mean, other people say different things. Like, I don't want to be handed like a wombo combo combo deck and like play that because that's not what I would enjoy. Like, I want to be handed something that like I don't need to look at at all that like I have a good understanding of magic and like I can just like play the deck and yeah. know how to like do things. Um, so I don't, I want it to be like, it doesn't need to be like child's play, but like, I don't want to look through it. I want to just play it and like, see what happens. Cause that's like exciting. You don't want to have to learn how dredge works. <laughs> <laughs> I know how dredge works now. Yeah, oh, now. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, yeah, but you like that shit. <laughs> That's yeah, a little did. peek into our secret Santa. Um, <laughs> Tony built a dredge deck for Mike. and uh, It's not a dredge deck. I was just looking at it, and I was like, this should definitely be in there, and it should be a heavy mechanic that's in there. It's, so, it's heavy. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a dredge deck. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I feel you. Like, when I was playing at Alan's Atali deck, he handed it to me and was like, this deck goes fast and does stupid things, and you just want to play Atali as fast as possible. And I, I got a hand and I was like, I don't think this helps me play Atali fast. And then I mulliganed and it was like Soul Ring, Grim Monolith, like all this crazy shit. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. hell yeah, dude. <laughs> and I got like a turn three Atali and it's yeah. just flipping shit off the top of the libraries. And I don't even know if I won, but I was just like, this is so fun. Like, I'm just yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going fast, you know? Yeah. So what do we think about the salt rating here on this one? This hurts. This is this is high, high salt. The extra little glaze of it being something that you just built and three lists that you just built yeah. and the only thing you have being a pre-con. I don't know that I could imagine a much worse oops I forgot my decks story. A little blaze. Glaze. Or you said glaze. I really thought you said a little blaze. So I was like, I, I mean, don't get it. <laughs> sometimes that, that would improve the night, maybe. Or <laughs> be the reason you left it. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, more that. that is true. Or that. Yeah, I, this is really high salt for me, too, especially like you said, like the three new brews, 
a brand new play mat. Like you sorted your tokens. You know, magic players, we want our accoutrements. We talk about it all the time. You want like your little things. Yeah. And I have this like this dice bag that's made out of an old pair of jeans that I sewed together that like <laughs> I need to have that on me. And like I, I got my stack of tokens and I need those tokens. And if I'm missing those things, I can still play magic. But it just doesn't feel not right. the same, you know. Yeah. yeah, it's not the same, and it's kind of hilarious because <laughs> like Nick will bring a big ass bag of dice, and Sam will also bring dice, and a lot of times I'm not gonna lie, I'll also secretly bring dice. I just never yeah. pull them out, and so it's like we don't fucking need them, and like Mike never brings shit. We're lucky he brings cards. I bring <laughs> one, yes, <laughs> and two. I bring like one set of D and D dice. And two extra D6 that I have like lying around <laughs> from a board game. And then I'm like using like a D8 with like the character written on it instead of like visible dots. Yeah. It's like, the fuck is that? And I'm like the opposite of that like neurotic spectrum. I'll be like, oh, I need some dice. And Nick will put his bag of dice in front of me and be like, I got dice. And I will go into my bag and get my own dice and, and like <laughs> insist that I'm playing with my like, own actually, dice. Actually, I'll get up and go over to my backpack and yeah. root through it until I find my yeah. dice. I don't want to use your out. dice. I want to use my dice. Like, yeah. <laughs> I want to use your dice. If I had nice dice set up and stuff, then I would want to use mine, though. So I think I think the same page. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I, I feel you. Well... well that was a good one. That, that was a unique one. Haven't heard something like yeah. that before. I dig that. I like that. I like that. Uh, shall we move on and hit something else, y'all? Venture forth within to the mine. Enter one of those deeper chambers. Yeah, let's get into a deeper chamber. We have another one here, and this one also comes to us from Reddit. But this isn't like a DM salty confessional. This is like a Reddit post proper from, from the subreddit of EDH. What? This is an EDH subreddit post, y'all. Oh, oh okay. yay, Reddit. <laughs> I feel like the way you said it just confused me. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is like? Just say what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> so this next one comes to us from the EDH subreddit, and it comes to us from user XRG963. So if you all see user XRG963, give them an upvote. You know the drill. Spread that. Good, goodwill. And the post is titled... Had a terrible interaction with a player. Just want to rant about it for a bit. Nice. Rant away. And the story goes. Today, I went to my LGS with my father to play a couple games and had such a bad game with a player that I wanted to rant about it for a bit. A bit of context first. My father is very inexperienced. He does okay-ish, but gets overwhelmed by complicated board states and constantly makes suboptimal plays. We also got into Commander recently, and we were both running pre-cons, admittedly pretty decent ones, the Urza's pre-con and the Draconic Destruction pre-con. In comes the problematic player, who we had only played with on one other occasion. In the previous game, despite clearly being told that he was going to be playing against pre-cons, he decided to bring his Sen Triplets Hardcore Prison deck, complete with lovely cards such as Ristic Study, Counterbalance, and stasis. No hate to mm. stacks players, but maybe ask first. Needless to say, he slowly grinded us into dust in a pointless three-hour game where no one could answer him. <laughs> All while he was extremely smug, as he had said since turn one that his deck didn't win, but fucked over everyone else. I didn't feel comfortable calling him out since he is a regular at the LGS, and we only recently returned after a six-year break. And he was apparently oblivious to the miserable situation that he had created. 
We just finished up the game and moved on. It was annoying, but it wasn't that big of a deal. Okay, pause real quick. That fucking sucks, yeah. dude. That <laughs> sucks. sucks. Please feel empowered to be like, fuck this game and scoop and leave. Yeah. Please yeah. feel empowered to do that. They also know because he, he called it out and he was yeah. like, I actually don't really do anything, but fuck you over. Like, yeah. Yeah. If we started with that, I'd be like, actually, I'll see ya. <laughs> but a new player might not know, you know, a new player might be like, sure. all right, like, we'll just hang out. You like, know? Ha, yeah. ha, 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 it'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> not knowing how truly horrible it would be. Yeah, I wish we had a resident send triplets player, Pat. Even he would be like, that's messed up against precons. <laughs> yeah. <sicko. laughs> like, yeah. He at least understands there's a time and a place. Uh, that is that is not a good indicator of where the rest of this story is going to go. Yeah, yeah, that's just our intro here. All right, now for the fun part. Today, we had the misfortune of playing with him again. And this time he had a Voltron plus one plus one counters deck. We were also playing with another regular who is cool and friendly, but has a monstrously powerful Morophon Dragons deck with all the good stuff, such as Ur-Dragon, Tiamat, Joda, Demonic and Vampiric Tutors, etc. The game is going rather well. The Voltron and Dragon players are dumping their hands and getting lots of ramp, but a well-timed board wipe from my father clears the board at turn four. Here, the Voltron half-jokingly says that next turn he would have killed somebody. We continue playing, and since our precons are slower, we are barely in a better position. Through the game, I sometimes give advice to my father, all using public information, for example, explaining how planeswalkers work, or that he might not want to chump block with a savage vent maw. We both usually target the other two players. The dragons won because he has a lot of gas, thanks to a notion thief, and the Voltron player because he can't block very well. At this stage, I vindicated a core spirit walker on him because I was sure that he would run away with the game the moment we gave him room to breathe. He loudly complained that the spirit walker wasn't doing anything threatening. Classic. A couple board wipes later, it looks like my father has the advantage since he has a couple of big flying bodies and no one can really block well. Unfortunately, he doesn't capitalize on this in the moment. Like I said, he gets overwhelmed by the complicated board states. Okay, happens to Nick too. <laughs> <laughs> Without him here to defend himself. <laughs> That's why him. I gotta say it. <laughs> Out of nowhere, the Voltron player, who through the game hadn't been able to do much and couldn't block dragons, starts accusing my father of playing favorites, saying that it wasn't fair that we were teaming up. We weren't. We were just ignoring each other because the real threat was usually the other two players. And that if we wanted to play 2v2... We could, and they would stomp us. The other player was trying to ignore the meltdown and de-escalate. <laughs> we say that we aren't really teaming up, and that I'm offering advice because my father really struggles with complicated plays. For example, he didn't attack with Dracuseth Maw of Flames, and he just scoffs at us and keeps complaining. We start to get angry, reminding him that we didn't complain about the previous prison game. He keeps getting heated up, and he even threatens to slap my father. Literally, what the fuck is with this man-child? We are all supposedly functioning adults. My father just says he isn't enjoying the game and scoops. The Voltron player proceeds to attack with 24 unblockable damage. I ask him if he's happy now, and we quit the game. <laughs> After the game, the Dragon player apologizes and says that the Voltron player has a history of similar situations. Sorry for the wall of text. I just wanted to vent a bit. TLDR, asshole has a bad game. Argument escalates to threats of violence. First of all, don't threaten people with violent yeah. acts don't, ever, yeah. especially yeah. over a card game. Yeah, <laughs> right. But I would have fucking won if he didn't team up with his son on me. Like, 
<laughs> like, Man. how how can you see someone miss attacking with Dracuseth and not think that at least someone at the table should be giving them advice? Like, yeah. just <laughs> like I think we can all respect that. There's some objectively wrong decisions people make. And when a player is repeatedly making them, like the other players in the group, if it's truly casual and, and hanging out, like you want people to know what they can do better, at least so they can learn about it and have better games in the future and stuff. So usually you point that out. Just think there is a line that crosses into like playing favorites, but public information is public information. And yeah. If anything, it's like politicking a little bit. It's not it's not showing up as a two person pair to to take out the rest of the table. But this person did the thing where they like made a new player have a bad time. Yeah. yeah. And so now they're going to want a playlist. They're like he literally was like, I'm not having fun. Yeah. And yeah. like as <laughs> as another adult doing things like you only have so much time for yeah. the fun things. So like if I'm spending it on something that I'm and I'm not having fun, why the fuck am I doing it? Yeah. So yeah, it's like 100%. you're just disincentivizing people, which is like shitty. Yeah, I think anything where someone is curious about magic, interested in it, investing, getting into it, but maybe doesn't understand the rules fully. It's on the other players in that pod to wipe the sweat from their brow. <laughs> and, and and notch it down just like a few clicks for that game and yeah. be like okay maybe i won't play my crazy overpowered voltron thing honestly there's a pre-game conversation issue going on here that mm. is pretty massive the fact that you're playing against two pre-cons and one person is like well i'm on a morphon dragon ball that's gonna like go crazy and the other person is on this like voltron build like clearly there is a power discrepancy yeah. here so I think even just going into the game, there's problems. I'm a pretty big proponent of saying that, honestly, sometimes like power imbalances like that are maybe OK. Like if they have two of the really pretty strong precons from recently and two other people are bringing like maybe even slightly higher power stuff, but it's still like, you know, it's Dragon Ball, it's Voltron. Those are not things that nice, just like TV show references of decks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, power it's not Rangers. Like, yeah, it's not like those are Thassa's Oracle consultation, like combo decks. They're just like high power, yeah, classic, strong, casual decks. I think those can sometimes line up with the precon. But the thing that you have to be okay with is then understanding, hmm, maybe the tour weaker decks are going to need to like tag team together in order to yeah. hang a little bit like there's some levels of if you're getting upset about people helping each other out you may just be upset with you know what needs to happen in order to shake out the balance of the game and yeah. stronger decks in that situation like you're saying like they're going to catch more heat and they should you should expect that if you're coming yeah. in and being like my deck is stronger it's going to pop off faster it's going to put threats out faster than the other decks I'm going to eat more removal in those situations and I'll probably get ganged up a little bit, maybe even get myself to an arch enemy situation. I think mm. it's telling here that the Voltron deck found themselves in that spot and this Morophon Dragons deck, based on the story, doesn't seem to be as much of a problem at the table. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think this Voltron Send Triplets player is just a Salt Lord, man. They want yeah. to pub stomp, they want to steamroll, yeah. and they want to, like we said earlier, they want to sit down be disingenuous with the pregame conversation and stomp on some newer players and get a win and feel good about themselves and yep. I don't know, move on with their day. Yeah. Yeah. 
This guy just wanted to control the pace of the game. He's okay with the yeah. long game when he's making it be that. Maybe yeah. Lots a short game Ugh, when he wants dick. to make a short game, right? Yeah. Ridiculous. I keep forgetting about the send triplets thing to start. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah. ah. I'm like, no, this person just sucks. Like, just don't fucking play with this person anymore. Like, yeah, it's true. Do not play truly. with this person. I don't, if you have that option, I literally be like, no, you know, I haven't had a good play experience with you. So see ya yeah yeah and honestly if it's if it's something that the lgs is setting up pods because when this kind of stuff happens when someone repeatedly is playing against someone who is so insufferable i do wonder if it's like you're getting assigned pods at your lgs or something like that you could talk about it with the lgs owner or you can sit down for the fucking match and concede turn one, baby. Yeah. You, you <laughs> yeah. do not need to play that game. If anything, I know we we maybe both in the post and in some of our discussion, we've maybe pointed out that the father is still working out some of his play and stuff. But he is better than a lot of players because he made that move to concede when the game got super boring. Yes. Not yeah. fun for him, which is like, that's pro right there. Yeah. <laughs> if, it, if it is truly not fun and it's irrecoverable, like there's no path for the game to be enjoyable, you don't need to stay in it. Yeah. And the other yep. thing is like, it never feels good to be like tattling in like adult life, but there's kind of this game of, like the LGS owner wants to know because like it sounds like he has a record in the past of it happening. Like if they're going to keep doing it, like they're ruining not just your experience, they're going to ruin the next like 10 people's experiences over the course of the next like 10 weeks. And then eventually the LGS owner is going to be like, all right, I can't have this anymore. Like you're fucking ruining my story, yeah. bro. Honestly, props to the Morphon player for one. If he knows that this other player has a kind of history, I bet he kind of came over to this game to be like, we can we can level this game out a little <laughs> yeah. bit, right? Like they know the situation they're stepping into. Yeah. So props to them for at least trying to redeem this experience overall. If, if anything, I think we've talked about how like one of the things you should try and focus on when you're at an LGS is not necessarily making friends with everybody there, but making friends with the people that you have enjoyable games with. Yeah. And this seems like a good candidate. I do just want to shout out what I think is the funniest piece of this story, which is when this Salt Lord is having their meltdown and they're like, we could fucking 2v2 you and stomp you. And the Morphon player is like, uh, I'm I'm not with them. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. just, like, just like pointing to a random person next to you and being like, me and this guy will fuck you up. And they're like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I don't know such thing. Yeah, I'm not involved. I, I, I just want to swing with my dragons. If anything, that player probably picked a stronger deck in order to better balance out this other like stompy deck that was coming I, up. I certainly hope so. You know, I mean, like a little guardian angel swooping in on draconic wings. <laughs> what, um, what do we think about the slot rating here on this one? Man, it's so high for so many reasons. All the reasons we listed. First of all, it has a three-hour send triplets game, which <laughs> sounds like fucking hell, quite mm. frankly. Yeah. When when we point to like stereotypically salty games, it is literally that one. Like it is literally <laughs> that game you had. And then, you know, it's got somebody who's being unwelcoming and mean towards new players and disincentivizing them from wanting to continue to play the game and enjoy it Mm -hmm. and not being welcoming, not turning into a learning experience for them, not making it a positive experience that I fucking hate that dude. Like, like I would rather, I would rather they didn't even go to the LGS that night than play that bad game. Yeah. So super high for me. I'll give it triple, triple scoops of salt. Uh, It's a whole mine. 
I would be getting up from my game and walking over and being like, what's going on here if I was yeah. in the GS. And just to make yeah. sure we're clear, this is because we're saying it's bullshit that these two teamed up on this poor guy. Yeah, this poor Voltron like, player just getting slapped by getting slapped around, getting his cheeks slapped for no reason whatsoever. Like Voltron's not even a good strategy and you were ganging up? Oh my God. And just, <laughs> and just toying with your food, not even swinging with the Dracuseth? Like that's, you came, that's bullshit. Yeah, you yeah. came out here that's with these, trash. these strong ass modern pre-cons that are coming out <laughs> he's just trying to play janky plus one plus one counters <laughs> there's not even any synergy in that there's like no synergy encounters it's fucking bullshit yeah that's a strategy that's not supported plus and plus yeah. encounters yeah. yeah it's fucking bullshit oh man i do just want to give like one parting thought on this one before we get out of this this story because i think it bears mentioning you know you guys were talking about lgs dynamics and things like that and I really do want to say that, like, if you have repeated issues with players at an LGS, the LGS owners want to know. They want to be aware of that situation. You know, it, it's a tough thing to navigate. And I would bring in that LGS owner into that conversation and try to, like, get them on your side. So I used to support an LGS running, like, tabletop miniature tournaments and things like that. And one time we were doing a tournament that I was running and we had a problem player that was making things uncomfortable for other people and people escalated it. We talked about it with the store owner and the store owner stepped in and removed that person and the event was better for it. Like they want to be aware of that stuff and they want to have the environment be something where new players and veteran players can come and hang out and all have a good time. So just like to, to really hammer that home, if you're running into that issue at your LGS, you should feel empowered to have that conversation with the LGS owner. Well, is it that time of the fucking week? Tony, I think it is that time of the week, actually. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, but what time is it, baby? Fucking lay it on me. It's the time of the week that comes every week. Every mm -hmm. fucking week, baby. Every motherfucking week. It's the time of the week where we say... Mike? Mike, 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 What's the salty card of the week? The salty card of the week this week is salty. A couple stacks will put your entire boat in check. Pick your deck and make it so salty. You aren't ready for my super secret tech. Just a sec, don't you know? You can cry, 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 cause you know I'll cast a counter spell on your Cormus Bell. And your cards will die, die, die when I cast Dictate of Erebos. The end is close. You'll never be quite as salty. You wish your decks were more salty. I nice. feel like I maybe know this song. You do. You definitely do. That was <laughs> Shiny from Moana, written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, and requested by our patron R2J1. Thanks, dude. Hell yeah. Nice. Sung by Jermaine from Flight of the Concords. It's actually Jermaine. It's Jermaine. Oh. Jermaine. There's no R. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, edit me to make me look smart. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Jermaine Clement, for a long time, people are like, Sam, that's your celebrity lookalike. <laughs> really? That is funny. Look at a photo of him, man. <laughs> look at a picture of him. Looking him up right now. I don't we, even we need have, to because I know features. exactly what he looks like. Yeah, yeah. We share we share some features for sure. I mean, not not many, 
but like you both have a nose and eyes and a mouth <laughs> and like big square glasses. I used big square glasses. Yeah. yeah, maybe people couldn't see past. I the could glasses. believe that you looked more like him at a different point in time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I used to be you know a New Zealander too. So right. Yeah. Um. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for that salty song request. R two J one. Also, Moana is fucking goaded, and the soundtrack is hot, hot fire, and I love oh, interesting I love that soundtrack, dude. I got yes. a hot take for you there, but maybe we shouldn't get into that. Well, I don't like love the music from it. What? I know. Yeah, yeah, but you're like broken, you know. Like there's something <laughs> wrong with you. <laughs> well, you know, fair enough. True. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah, like you don't have joy in your heart, you know. Mm, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I love you, Tony. That that felt too Just mean. I had myself to apologize. To sleep tonight. No, the, the people know. The people know. <laughs> uh, cut that out, Sam. Cut it out. <laughs> uh, All right, Mike. Hit us with that salty card, dude. In honor of the scary big sea creature of shiny, the salty card of the week this week. We're talking is... about Tomatoa. I thought he was going to say Hole Breacher or Hole Breaker it's Horror or whatever breaker the fuck horror. it is. Oh, Tony got it. Man. Tony just wins right right away. We don't even uh, have to do the yeah, whole baby. card. So Hole Breaker Horror, it's a five and two blue creature Kraken Horror. It has flash and this spell can't, fucking flash. can't be countered. Ugh. And whenever you cast a spell... Choose up to one, return target spell you don't control to its owner's hand, or return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. And it's a seven, God. eight. Yeah. You know why I like knew that it was that? Because I know that this card fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how you feel about the Moana soundtrack. <laughs> like literally. <laughs> fucking blue first. Fuck blue for this fucking bullshit card. And you know what? I feel like People will try and justify it nowadays with like, oh, but it's fucking expensive. Boo hoo. Like fucking everybody and their brother ramps the fuck out of every color nowadays. So like it doesn't matter. Like you're going to get this out, probably turn fucking four and just take over the game and everyone cries. and It's horrible. Or if you get it out, turn fucking seven or eight, you still take over the game. Like with one card, all of a sudden, guess what? You got fucking control now. I'm going to counter you with an opt. Like that, like I'm gonna <laughs> fucking cast opt and counter your goddamn spell. Fuck this card. Fuck blue. Nice. So no surprises there. Uh, Sam, how do you feel about Hullbreaker Horror? Uh, I mean, it's a really cool card. I will say that. Like oh it's, it's like really a fucking blue player because it's a cool combo piece, man. Like you can you can just like storm is off it with cool? it. Yeah, it is. You can do little silly guys with it. Yeah, you can storm, you can protect all your shit, you can bounce everybody's board. Oh no, you can't can you bounce boards? Yeah, yep. you can you can because yeah, you can return their fucking purpose. It does everything. It's the kitchen sink on one stupid you fucking dark side combo with it. You can make infinite mana with it, you can yep. combo off with it. I gotta say, I I fucking forgot that it had flash and that it can't be countered because I've literally never seen anyone cast this because it's either getting reanimated, coming out on a kin and flip. Or most popularly, getting polymorphed into uh, yeah. somehow. You know, I've literally yeah. never seen it get cast. <laughs> I think I've cast this, but maybe not on you. It's what do you mean? You think you cast I know it I've in cast the game it. with me? <laughs> yeah, I know I've cast it. I was gonna say I'm not sure. I've, maybe I haven't cast it with Sam. I don't think it makes me too salty. I think the saltiest thing is if somebody plays it and can't 
get the win from there because then it's just like a slow grind of inevitable control which i think is kind of frustrating (laughs) but like if someone can drop it and combo off and just get the win then i'm like great like when i see hullbreaker horror hit the board i'm like okay well we have to kill it now or we're just gonna lose probably Mm -hmm. yeah but when you can't kill it then you're fucked so me billy and and mike and mike we're subject to Mike's bullshit with our pre-con decks. This isn't a fucking pre-con, this yeah. goddamn card. Is it? <laughs> yes. This is in the fairy pre-con. So when we were in Salt Lake City and we sat down to play, uh, we were playing, playing, playing along. And Holebreaker Horror is just in the fairy pre-con because it has like a flash sub theme. Oh my god, I'm fucking shocked. I didn't know that. <laughs> Mike at least knew though cuz once it landed he was like, I think I'm going to win, guys. And then he cast yeah. that and we're like, okay, well, yeah. we'll play it out, but like it's yeah. just like so painful. You're right. It's it's always getting cheated out and that's the thing that's crazy about it. I do think that in the game that I played it, like just casted it raw in a fairy deck, it didn't feel like insane. And it, it definitely took over control of the game. I, Tony's making a bunch of faces. Yeah, He's because it's like, it didn't feel insane. I won once I played it and didn't really do anything else yeah. other than just no, but like have Tony, it. you should feel empowered to talk to your LGS owner <laughs> yeah. if you're playing against a toxic Thank player. you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But the thing about this, I wish we had Nick here to say it, but usually a seven or eight mana spell, you want to win you the game when, yes. like, when you play it. Hmm. That level of mana investment needs to be really impactful immediately. And that is a thing that Holebreaker Horror does not quite accomplish. Because you play yeah. this, you play a seven mana, seven, eight. And if you don't have other mana up to protect it or to play something else, that that is all it's doing. It doesn't have like a ETB. It doesn't do anything. Yeah, because you can't play it on the end step before your turn. Oh, wait. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. it has flashed. Yes, yeah, you do. Can. What do you That is what mean? you do. That's true. That saying? is what you do. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing that it doesn't immediately win you the game, though, because you just wait a turn cycle and then you win, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, Such I a agree. blue player right now. You're like, <laughs> it doesn't do enough. It could do more. Yeah. It could <laughs> It could do more. <laughs> it's kind of bad yeah. that it doesn't instantly win you the game. There are these corner cases where it doesn't win you the game. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> stating that this card needs more things in your hand and more mana and more shit in order to actually take a game away. Right? Yeah. I, I agree with that. This card That's fucking all. sucks. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. This card does not make me that salty. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really make me salty either. It's cool. I'm, I'm glad it's only three bucks these days. Yeah. Two fifty even. Ooh, that's fucking sweet. Uh, but it's an odd mana cost. It's not making the cut. Not making the cut into Gyruda. No, it's not going into Gyruda. But it is a Kraken. I'm not sure you even want it in Gyruda. No, honestly. I don't really. But yeah. um, but you know what it did make the cut into? Uh, my, my budget Thrasios uh, Dargo deck that I never oh, built. Oh, I bet. I bet it did. <laughs> yeah. Well, shall we play the game portion? What uh, where, do, where do you guys think this one is? Let's get your pens and your papers out. I'm curious. I'm curious where this falls. And it, listener at home, I encourage you to play along as well. Ooh. Where do you think? Right, I know Sam's excited about that one. I like that. Where do you think? Where do you think this falls on the top 300 cards? Wait, can I can I ask one question? When was it printed? Was it printed in 23? No, it's been printed many many times. Could it have existed on the last list? That's what I'm asking. It was like, printed I in 2021. Remember. 
Okay, it was printed oh, so in, it existed on in the a Strad Crimson Vow. It could have. Could have been on the salt list last year. We never encountered it, but there, there's potential. Yeah, but we went through like the whole fucking list. No, we didn't. We're not, I mean, we went through half of it. We missed it by like not a lot. <laughs> well, we only do 52 episodes in a year. <laughs> and if there's 100 things, we, we actually hit But no, 52%. we had done like multiple and a few different ones. Tony's like... right. We had done like you know a few that covered multiple. we did bulk lump some together and then yeah, we had some, the last episode which we yep. missed some so. uh, which also bulked together a few there's like four in that one there's what my heart says and what it might be and i don't know which it is i have my guess ready i hope you do too listener because this is going really really fast <laughs> shut the fuck Tony's, up i'm ready <laughs> tony got ready really really ready. quickly like the speed of light all right <laughs> flip your guesses in three two one go 106 115 115 i like it tony takes it fucking bullshit <laughs> get fucking right this one comes in at 136 wow we were close though we were close yeah that's definitely better than the one ring debacle it is much better than the one <laughs> ring debacle you know what my heart told me that i i didn't pick 45 <laughs> so i'm glad i didn't <laughs> because i was like this card is fucking bullshit and then is, i thought about it and i was like we're judging it so much yeah it is I, not i mean 45. i i have also like done the salty card right when mike's not here i do it so like i've looked through that list and i don't recall seeing oh, it on you're there a cheater you're a last cheater. year when You've i did doping. it <laughs> no so i'm like as a result You've been i was taking like performance oh, enhancing drugs in this tony, just, tony actually just studies the list this he just leaves scam. it open <laughs> he just has it open on the side and he's just trying to guess far enough away yeah that you don't call him out for cheating <laughs> i wish that's what i was wow, doing dude. <laughs> wow dude it, the truth comes out huh that wraps it up for the salty card. Oh, wait, can week. I just ask one last question? What percentage of decks is it in? So that is a great question. It is in seven percent of decks. So oh, holy that's, fuck, that's pretty Stick. high compared to a lot it's of the other things. Enormous. We... What do you mean? Yes. Well, I, I think, like I was saying earlier, when it comes to the polymorph deck concept, Hullbreaker Horror is in probably every single one of those lists, along with like Tide Spout Tyrant. You know, I mean, I think there's a bunch of those, but. I don't think there's that many of those kinds of decks. It's also just like a top end, like a good top end in mono blue. Yeah. I mean, it, it fits another into reason a lot of it. decks. You know? I think it, it's also a card that can be played in casual since it's this big card. Like you can yeah. cast it normally. It's a very casual card and it can be played in CDH, CDH. where it's a really strong reanimation or really strong thing to cheat out. And that's what you're always trying to do in CDH. So, yeah uh cheat cheat edh as people like to call it uh so <laughs> <laughs> that wraps it up for the salty card of the week Hell well thanks yeah. mike that was a lovely salty card and thank you to our salt packet plus tier patrons you know we gotta shout them out Hell and yeah. this week we have Rothbox, yep. bathroom entity yep. bobo what? fett yep. chameleon <laughs> what yep. sam power gamer yep. clearbrook yep. uh, Dead Gan, yep. Captain Cross, uh, Ebes, yep. and Joe Danson. Yep. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the support. Man, we almost need to be less so There's a lot of them. <laughs> That's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's I, You guys haven't heard it, but I've been editing in this long list for the last two. Because <laughs> when we recorded it, it was like seven. And now it's like a lot. Yeah. 
And of course, we got to thank all the other prospectors out there in the mine, supporting us, pushing those mine carts, swinging those pickaxes and mining the salt and sending it to us. Thank you for tuning in every single week. And if you're looking for more Howling Salt Mine podcasts, you know where to go. Our Patreon, patreon.com slash Howling Salt Mine. We have our extra salt series on there. We just dropped a new episode for the month of January where we're talking about all the decks that we currently have what we want to do with them, how we want to change them, what we want to take apart, what we're looking forward to brewing this year. And we also have our awesome stray grains on there. I think I mentioned it in the last episode, but we have over 50 stray grains you can listen to right now. So if you love the little segments that we have, there's a lot of those segments that we have. That's starting to fill up a little pinch. 50 grains? Yeah, dude. 50 stray grains? 50 grains could overseason a dish. Could it? Potentially. Big grains. If there were big grains... I was going to say, are we talking kosher salt or are we talking, you know, just yeah. NACL classic? Table salt, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think I think it's... Um... I am now actually curious. There must be a math somewhere that tells me how much 50 grains of salt is. Oh, math? We, we'll just, just count go, it. Go count them. We'll go yeah. count it. Just count, the up. count grains of salt. <laughs> go count them, Tony. You can count to 50, dude. Yeah, I well... <laughs> okay i gotta keep moving myself all <laughs> i got i gotta keep moving here all right you guys suck <laughs> another way to support the show is to check out our bonfire store for merchandise we have awesome shirts on there we have our howling wizard salty gang 100 are you flapping it does not say double fapping on the back i can't assure you <laughs> but all the other funny keywords are there cheek clapping double flapping, <laughs> clapping double fapping <laughs> extra slapping also we haven't mentioned it on the show yet and double if dabbing. you've listened this far you know kudos to you but Always we have napping. sold out of our howling salt mine dragon shield sleeves right now so if you're looking for those uh, you got to wait for a restock. I, I don't know what to tell you. We're, we're looking to get those restocks soon. We're going to mention on the show when we do, but they are currently sold out right now. Got some questions about that. So I figured I'd mention it. Another way you can support the podcast is to send us your salty stories. That's right. Send them to our website, thehowlingsaltmine.com or howlingsaltmine.com or send them to our Gmail, which is thehowlingsaltmine.com. Another thing you can do to help out the podcast is to give us a five-star review in your favorite podcast app of choice. It just helps us stick out in the algorithm, helps more prospectors find the mine. And lastly, we got to shout them out every single episode. Our amazing podcast artist, J.D. Burnett, for gifting us our beautiful podcast art that we rock every single week. If you're ever in Asheville, North Carolina, hit up J.D. and get a tattoo. He is a really cool dude. 10,000 subscribers are bust. Indeed. Thanks, everybody. Stay salty, and don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step. It's the Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. Venture forth with into the mine. Enter one of those deeper chambers. Yeah, let's get into a deeper chamber. Or a crevasse. Wow, wow, we wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Sam. In honor of a big scary. Also, what's up with your fucking camera, man? I, just I turn it know, off man. and turn it back on. Yeah, I'm plugging it. Turn it, turn it off. Blurry. Turn it off again. It's blurry. It's blurry.
This, don't this want is a, it was literally like starting to give me I like I was like I can't s- look at him. Like, I don't want you hurting. to yeah. see me. It, this is great for the start of our video content where uh, we need to use video from these records. Uh, where, where my my office is just super messy. Tony's got laundry on the floor, and it's Mike, not laundry; it's costumes. Mike had a camera view that was like nose up for a good thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going back as soon as I can figure out how to get this camera working too. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I well, can't tell. That is a cape. That is like a royal cape. Yeah, though. I was going to say, this is costumes. This is Louise's toy. Yeah. I thought it was like a butt plug. My like God. Tail. <laughs> he didn't rule that out. Um, so. Just don't say that. Just don't say it. Yeah, don't even give him the option. Fuck him. You guys can't tell me what to say. Just <laughs> did. <laughs> no, but. Uh, no, but wait. <laughs> nice. Ooh, the sleepiest, yawniest, nice. Reply. Nice. And it's not even the second episode yet. It's the hellest summer. It's the hellest summer.